Welcome to The Party Pal, the mind-bending film and television podcast you didn't know you needed. I am one of your hosts, Michael Shields, with our other co-host for this episode, Chris Thompson. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing great, Mike. Excited to be here for this final season. Yes, here we go. This uh, We have reached the mountaintop as this is the third and final installment of our series, Breaking Down the uh, Outstanding HBO Series, The Leftovers. Today, we delve into season three, where the action shifts once again this time to Australia, where the world grips for the seventh anniversary of the departure and what many believe to be the end of time. Season three brings this series home dramatically, I believe triumphantly. Um, and uh, let's just let's let's get into it. This is going to be so fun. Um, Chris, uh, get us rolling here. What 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 did you think about this uh, season three of The Leftovers? Uh, you know, I mean, first of all, you know, we're setting up this season we're 14 days before the seventh anniversary of the sudden departure, which in, in of itself is a pretty dramatic um, place to start the, the series. Mm-hmm. And then, seven um, year itch. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, we're drifting between two settings. We got Jardin, Texas, and now Victoria, Australia, um, really far away location, but it's got a lot of significance to the series. Um, and then just this season at its essence is an emotional journey for the Murphy and Garvey families. They're forced to ponder their lives, the choices they've made, challenge their concepts of love, sacrifice, reality, mortality, and face their fears surrounding a common apocalypse. And in typical The Leftovers style, it's heavy emotional television, but it's the, qua- it's <laughs> it's the quality really of the storytelling. Yeah. yeah, yeah. but for me, it's the quality of the storytelling uh-huh. and the acting that really makes this season shine. And no I think it's a, a fantastic television um, to watch. Yeah, you said the word emotional, and I think I'm going to be saying that a whole bunch because it's really like like you were alluding to. They they are coming to this endpoint, and we get to you know they 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 bring it in to how they are dealing with it, whether it's the Murphys or the Garveys. They really bring you into to how they deal with this, and so yeah, it the season sets off with uh, episode one. It's called the Book of Kevin, uh, and we find out soon there's a literal Book of Kevin that um that uh, Matt's working on uh, with Michael and John. But uh, so it opens and, you know, these openings, we've talked about it in the other breakdowns. They're so fascinating. They, the, uh, uh, this season's kind of, uh, it starts in, in 1844 in this religious community where there's this group, this religious group they, where they're obviously, they're, they're promised uh, a rapture of some sort or a departure. And, you know, it's, it speaks to um, faith, and, and, and just this, this desire for something more and believing in something. And they keep getting let down and let down. And um, it's, it's just, I think that, that idea of, of what you believe in and, and having that broken down and not being true is something that resonates throughout the whole season and series of like, what is it that, that gets us through the day? What is it we believe in that keeps us moving forward? And what happens when that all falls apart? Oh, definitely. I would concur with that. I feel that, you know, faith and belief, both personal and spiritual, are really a common theme throughout this show and this season in particular. And just, you know, pulling it back a second and talking about the season in general, I mean, I think there's three main storylines we have here that revolve very um, much around faith and belief. And it's basically we have Matt and Kevin Sr.'s belief that, you know, with the arrival of the seventh um, anniversary comes 
an apocalyptic, an apocalyptic event, you know, yep. and they very much have a lot of faith and belief around that. And then, you know, this the second really main storyline is basically Kevin, Kevin coming to terms with immortality, which is mm-hmm. a big part of this first episode. And then um, just, you know, the, the third story, which also is basically around these same ideas, is just Nora trying to understand finally where her family went and having the, the being brave enough and strong enough to actually take her faith and her beliefs and actually put it to the test, you know? Yes. So I, I think we start off in episode one, you know, dealing with um, this opening scene with this sort of um, this prophet and his failed predictions and just sort of showing the length that people will go to and how much they'll suffer for their faiths and their beliefs, you know? So it's just, it was a really great uh, uh, first episode and a great beginning to the, the series. Yeah. The, the ab- season. Absolutely. It, uh, it, it, it was, you know, I'd love that that they drew you in right away with that opening scene, but then Definitely. you know, cut to uh, you know another three years later type situation where a lot has changed. Kevin is now the uh, police chief again. Um, you know the uh, you know Erica has uh, is gone. Uh, we do mm-hmm. catch up with her, which is great. You know, Lori right. has married John at this point. Mary and Matt have had their son Noah. Um, Miracle's been renamed. A miracle has been renamed. I mean, Lily is mysteriously gone. We find out what what happens to her. Right. There's just in and uh, Dean returns at one point, and uh, you know he's got that whole uh, humans uh, canine DNA uh, theory, and and, <laughs> and we see in that that Kevin is still um, you know kind of he he hasn't shaken off all his demons as as no. we once thought, but. Um, you know, it's it's yeah. Another thing is Kevin is now um, asphyxiating himself, which is yes. which is interesting. And you, my take is that I don't believe that's sexual at all. I I think no. that is um, something where he's 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 kind of searching out that space in between life and death that 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 he's visited, and you know he's 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 experienced something that that no one else could even understand, and he's kind of vying for it a little bit. But as the title of this episode alludes to. There is. Uh, Matt is writing a book about Kevin. And one of the things I think is remarkable, uh, remarkable about that whole situation is that John is on board. John, John believes that there's something um, special about Kevin. And because, I mean, we, we talked about it in, in season two breakdown. I mean, John's disbelief in anything uh, that of this nature, it was something that defined him. To see how much he's changed was just incredible to me, and he's on board with this. And you can kind of understand where they're coming from too. I mean, he, he you know, a gunshot didn't kill him. He drowned, didn't kill, it didn't kill him. He came back. He, he was poisoned, and he came back. There's something going on with Kevin. Oh, definitely. I, I, I think Kevin has played a big role in this 180 degree change in John's whole perspective and his, you know, journey to try and make sense of everything. I mean, he went from someone who would a firefighter who would burn someone's house down because he didn't believe what they were saying about um, the future to now he's complicit and um, telling people's futures and, you know, taking their money, which we'll learn about in later um, episodes, you know, but I mean, like just, you know, he's witnessed some things I think has shaken his faith and his own moral compass. And now I think he's completely um, had a, a whole new revelation about what is going on with Kevin and how, how to sort of just like make his own way in this new with a new normal that has come as a fallout from the departure. So, yeah, I mean, there's been a big change for a lot of characters. Um, and, you know, um, each one has their own new journey they're going on. And uh, I think I, I really like the fact that Matt is sort of writing, um, you know, the gospel of Kevin. It, it, it's a really interesting to me to sort of think about the Bible and, you know, how old it is. And now sort of in this sort of modern times, they're actually adding new uh, chapters to it. It, it. it was just a fun little sort of thought Absolutely. piece to think about, um, you know. Yeah, it's definitely clever. And, and I think it's it's storylines like that and little pieces like that that really show how good the show is, you know, and how well written it is and how it really thinks about the times when it considers uh, the storylines and the plots and stuff like that. And um, it really draws you in deeper into the world. Yeah, I mean, why did, uh, you know, a, a messiah have to just be from the past? Why couldn't it exist, exactly. especially in these strange times? And um, John's, uh, you know, we talked about the opening and how, you know, it's kind of that thing, that faith, these stories we tell ourselves. And I love that John has a line at one point when he's talking about the book of Kevin and why he believes. And he just says, we can't be going through all this for nothing, man. And I, I think about that. That I mean... That's. I think that defines a lot of people's faith. I mean, there's it, 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 the reasons we believe in 
things without proof sometimes is just because this can't be for nothing. I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a mindset. I, maybe it can, who knows, but just that idea, it can be, it, it, it may, there has to be a reason. I mean, I get that so much. And he even believes that, um, possibly Evie, uh, maybe she did it again. Maybe she disappeared. And that, that kind of shows, you know, again, the stories we tell ourselves to get through the day, that false hope and that faith idea. This, uh, episode closed, um, with uh, uh, we we see an old woman. Uh, her name is Sarah in this, and looks exactly like uh, Nora. And she's asked in it, um, you know, does uh, does the name Kevin mean anything to you? And she says no. And it's obviously it, it is Nora. Um, which you mentioned the writing, and this is this is this sets up the ending as we'll get to, and it just shows how how well crafted the whole thing is. I mean, they're already they're already um, you know kind of giving us a glimpse of how they're all going to bring it home right there, which is just I just think is so cool. Episode two was called "Don't Be Ridiculous," and I <laughs> it's 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 a reference to Perfect Strangers. Strangers. It's I mean I think I think Balky was always saying that, but and then. Uh, the 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 credits that uh, they use the song um, nothing gonna stop me now which is the perfect strangers <laughs> I mean that, <laughs> it's so it's so it's so fun they start and, and we'll talk about it more and more as we go through they start having a lot of more fun with the credits music but I just I think this this it gives me the opportunity to talk about it is a dark show and it gets into weighty weighty themes but Leftovers can be funny in no more than season three. Leftovers is really funny. This whole Perfect Strangers, um, you know, references that that they bring into the whole thing. In episode one, we saw of season three, we saw a giant Gary Busey um, blow up thing that that two guys were protecting. The way they always, they, you know, Nora is always mocking um, Kevin about being Messiah. There's a lot of humor in the season, and, and and that was very welcome for me. Yeah, I, I think sometimes when especially a show like this, the, the weighty topics these people are struggling with. Sometimes you break through and you, and humor is the thing that saves you. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's so overwhelming that, you know, you just start laughing from just a lack of not being able to just trying to feel a different emotion, you know? And I think that this show does a very good job of bringing in the humor elements to help break the tension and cut through all the pain and suffering and grief and uncertainty and just really just sort of this oppressive blanket of just like, of just really um, raw emotional, um, it just uh, suffering and, and just feelings, you know. And it, it brings a lightness to the show, and it's very much um, you know welcome. And I think that just having the nothing's going to stop me now playing, especially when you think that you, the the first episode of this season had no opening theme at all. It was just quiet, and it got right into it. And then in the second episode, you go right into the uh, Perfect Strangers theme song, and it's just like the two don't go together at all. But somehow it works because it's just it's just it's just it's, it's a necessary um, uh, departure from what what's been being felt and all the heaviness that sort of exists um, in this show. Um, yeah, we yeah, even so, get to they go so far as to um, bring in a character from Perfect Strangers um, yep. who's playing himself. It's Mark Lynn Baker, um, yep. and he's the guy who didn't depart, and he's the one which who he basically sets up like the driving force of the whole season, which is this company that uh, offers Nora the chance to see her family through this this scientific uh, method they've come up with. I mean, he looks at her and goes, Nora, he's, this is this is real. And and well, it, it actually brings to me to a question I wanted to ask you. I mean, this is a pretty intense risk and, you know, you got to do your research and everything. But I mean, you're I mean, your father. I thought I thought about it a lot. Like I, I, I've talked about a whole bunch that this show makes me think about some really deep things. And I was, you know, I put myself in Nora's shoes right away. And I'm like, would you know, if my daughter uh, departed, would I take this risk? And after thinking about it for a long time, I think I would. For your chance to to to, to see it, I mean, it, it, you know, it's it's I, it makes sense to me why Nora, after looking into it and thinking about it a while, would want to take you know take this step yeah you know i I think it's a really interesting question mike and you know once you have a child the the, a lot of the reasons for why you are living your life get changed a little bit and a lot of it starts to uh orbit around your your child or your children you know you start to sort of live your life for them and with them and a lot of the sort of meaning of your life is sort of um 
influenced by them and the choices you make are for their benefit too. So, you know, a, a lot of your, your life definitely becomes defined by your child as you become a parent. So mm. when, when I, when I, when I ponder that and I think about a future where I live with the memory of my daughter, but not being with her or the potential to be with her through, you know, great personal risk and sacrifice and faith. I, I, I that for me is a no brainer. I'll take that second choice <laughs> yeah. every time. And I mean, crazy. you know, I, 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 it's, I it's crazy. And I, I'm not sure. Um, uh, it's, it's difficult to speak to, you know, I think maybe a past version of myself, you know, wouldn't be so, so quick to decide on that, but, you know, ha- ha- definitely being a parent and going to experience and seeing how much it, it, it brings value to your life and watching a child grow and relationships and stuff like that. It really sort of, um, people sort of live for their children. And when it gets taken away, they struggle to find, um, a, a new focus. So, I, you know, I can really relate a lot to Nora, you know, in terms of like her journey and her struggle to just want to just be with them again, you know, you know, being a parent, I'm sure you can too. Especially considering how they were taken from her. Cause I mean, we, mm-hmm. we, we catch up with, um, Erica, right. Regina, Regina King's character in this, and she's lost Evie, and who was who was who was killed, and she is. This is where we really come face to face with the difference between able being able to bear your kids and having your kids or family or friends or whatever depart. Where Regina is able to kind of you know come to terms with what happened, she knows, and so she's moving on in a, in a productive way. Where Nora just can't, and so like that meeting really showed, um, you know, the, the the difference between between being able to see what really happened, and then we also got to see uh, those two jump on a trampoline together while uh, Protect Your Neck by the Wu Tang Clan was uh, was playing, which is so great. Wonderful moment. Yeah, Nora's Nora's Wu Tang uh, Wu Tang band, as she puts it, tattoo is so so dope. This is um. Yeah, I love their their meeting right there. Um, and yeah, then, there's one more no, thing, Mike. If I could jump in, you know, like jump I, in. I, yes, I, I think this season, this episode two, was really a. Um, it, th- there's several episodes in this season that are my favorites, and they very much revolve around Nora and her journey. Yes. And you know, I I really like um, the fact that this is sort of. Um, the beginnings of her journey of discovery, you know, um, and the testing of her faith and the starting to unpack just how far she'll go to sort of be with her family again, yep. you know, um, you know, you know, she, she never got a chance for that closure to say goodbye to her kids. She just turned her back and turned around and they were gone, you know, you know, as opposed, you know, with Evie, you know, at, at least, you know, her parents tried to save her, you know, but they, 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 they weren't, they, they weren't able to, you know, um, so I'm sorry. Um, you know, so it's just like, it's just, uh, they're, they're different sides of the same coin. And, you know, it, this really, really sets up really nice. Nora's, she's trying to do all that she can to try and be with her kids again. Um, just, just like what's going on. Um, when, um, uh, sorry, I forget the name here. Um, when, you know, um, the military drone kills all the, you know, the guilty members, the whole gang, yeah. yeah, killing Megan Evie, you know, like, um, so, um, you know, you know, it, it's, it's a, a lot different, you know? Um, Absolutely. So. It's, and I thought, I think, I think it was great that they were able to show both sides of that coin, which is great. Nora, Nora, and, and from what I'm hearing from you, it sounds like you are really taken by Nora's storyline in this season. Cause that's, that's what it is about for me. And how about when she prints out the photo of the dead tower guy and, and brings it to where everyone saw, everyone believes he departed and she right. just puts up that giant size photo of him dead. That's yeah. such a, such a boss, <laughs> boss yeah. move, bi- yeah. bitch move. I mean, it's <laughs> fucked up, but it's, it's boss at the end. Um, I've always talked about, and we've discussed like the shocking moments that the series has to offer at the end, a group of cowgirls mistake, uh, another Kevin, a police chief as, as Kevin, the one we know, um, as, him and, and think he's the messiah and they they drown him and they you know sets up the whole thing as as this savior and people are seeking out kevin and there's a lot more meaning there episode three uh crazy uh, white white fella thinking is the um the kevin garby senior episode that just had to happen we needed to spend more time with him uh scott glenn is so good in this the um opening music to this is um Personal Jesus uh, by Richard Cheese, that's, uh, which kind of sets up this 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 idea of of you know uh, him possibly attempting to be a prophet. What he's doing is he's trying to 
Um, he believes he could stop this oncoming flood by learning all the Aborigine music and, and certain songs. And if he does that, so it's, it's what's, what's interesting to me most about um, Kevin Garvey uh, Sr. is that he, it, he, he kind of this entire time has been looked at as like a madman. Meaning that he could be, he, he's almost what Kevin could turn into if Kevin fully loses it. But what we find out here in this episode three is that he actually might be onto something. And he might, you know, he found a way to deal with his demons and his voices in his head by actually listening to them and doing, doing what they told. And they're leading him on this journey. And he might actually be in this world a prophet. And there's more to him than we thought uh, of him being just this madman. Oh, definitely. I mean, this, this episode is through and through uh, Crazy Kevin Sr. I mean, there's yes. no other way of going, going about it. And yeah, I, I really like their choice of the, 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 Petch, the Petch Mode song, uh, Personal Jesus, for yeah. uh, opening the theme. I thought it, it worked really well with what was going on in, in the episode. It sets it up nicely. Uh, you know, Kevin Sr. starts listening to, the voices, listening to the voices in his head, and it draws him to Australia. We learned about that um, in the second season, and now we get to see him actually realize down here um, fully at the mercy of the voices in his head. Um, you know, he's learning from a chicken that the flood's going to come on the seventh anniversary of departure. He starts believing that his, it's his destiny to stop the flood. Um, you yep. know, then he starts going to all these indigenous communities and learning all these um, really personal native uh, tribal chants, you know, um, and uh, so he can do, uh, what does he call it, like a chant line or something like that. And he can mm-hmm. go across um, the, a, a region of the country and doing these chants in the hope that they're going to stop the flood. Now, I, the, the thing that um, you have to sort of uh, start believing is that this is all in uh, Kevin Sr.'s head. So none of this is really being rolled out for you in a way that like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Sure. I mean, making as much sense as it can in the world of the the departure, but you know, uh, the leftovers. Yeah. But you know, so you have to suspend a lot of belief here and just go along with Kevin on his journey here. Cause a lot of it doesn't make a lot of sense, but you you get really drawn into the passion that he has for what he believes in. And through the the acting is, 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 is phenomenal. And it really draws you in and really sort of makes you start to believe that, you know, um, that he does maybe have the, the, the apocalyptic flood is going to come and that if he can just learn this last song and do this chant in this one specific place, he can actually stop it. Um, it it's a really powerful scene um, and, and a really powerful episode. You're right. You absolutely do have to give over some because, I mean, what's to say that he isn't the madman that we've, we've thought him to be the whole time, but also... In this world, uh, the leftovers, as, as you were alluding to, like who knows? And he possibly could be onto something. It's it's to kind of speak on the humor a little bit. It's I find it hilarious when he's talking about taking drugs and blacking out for days and <laughs> ended up on the other side of Australia and everything like that. And I mean, at the end, uh, the the last song he needs to learn is from this guy Christopher Sunday, who is pretty much seeking the whole episode, and he, he ends up falling on him and killing him. It's all it's uh, there's a lot of absurdism. It's a in, comedy uh, of errors, in, yeah. It's a comedy of errors, and it's there's a lot of you know surrealism and absurdism. That that to me, I just I, I I cherish and yeah, this journey with um, Kevin Senior was 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 a ton of fun and and, and right. it, was, it was like I said, it was an episode that kind of had to happen. We needed more time with him. He 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 wasn't just the guy that that show you know was an example of what Kevin could be. He was he was he was much more, which is great. Episode four, uh, Good Day Melbourne. It's a nod to kind of like a Good Morning America type show that that takes place over there that Kevin is watching um, the opening song um, and, you know and there's meaning as we see in these songs is um, The Love Is Over by Ray LeMontan who I who I love and the Pride Dogs um, so it, 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 it's, it's alluding to something and what that something is is the breakdown of um, Nora and Kevin which breaks my heart I, the, it's, I know we both uh, discussed how much we love their weird freaky little relationship and the episode does culminate with um them having just kind of this 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 really really intense no holds barred um you know breakdown of of their relationship but um uh that show that good morning uh australia type show kevin sees evie um on the screen or who he believes to be evie 
which was which was really wild when it comes to the fact that we were shown the picture where it's really not her. But uh, one thing I should mention, she's holding a sign. Uh, I might get the word wrong, but uh, it says Sarah 81. Um, that sign, that's a reference to an apocalyptic uh, passage in the Quran that um, that that it, it features a, a live um, burial of a, of a baby girl. And that's kind of uh, uh, alluding to, you know, Kevin um, in what he did with the the child, um, the young Patty, and um, in that amazing uh, episode, International Assassin, and even like kind of Nora and and you know her her issues with, yeah, she ended up we didn't mention it last time, but we found out she gave away Lily to Christine, who um, Christine decided she made a mistake, and Nora, and this is this needs to be mentioned because Nora, uh, she's dealing with so much trauma. At the end of season two, one of the things we said we see her on the bridge clutching Lily. It was one of the only things that she had to hold on to and to find comfort in. And we find out that she she did the right, or what I believe is the right thing, and gave her back to her mother. And it, it's that had to be so emotionally taxing on her. That's that's crazy to think about. Oh, definitely. I, I, this this episode for me was another powerful episode, and just watching the struggles that Nora and Kevin went through, um, just personally and then between each other, it was it, it was really really intense television to watch. Uh, but a lot of things were, a lot of truths were laid bare in this episode. And you sort of see um, that Nora is sort of being spread really thin here and kind of pushed to the limit. And, you know, um, you know, she lost Lily. She's on the verge of, you know, she pretty much loses Kevin. Um, and but she has this yeah. possibility of this future with her family. But it's coming at a lot of personal costs. You know, it could possibly mean her life. You know, so she's really, I think, at a breaking point in this episode. And, you know, at the end, it becomes really clear that Kevin and her both are at a breaking point. Um, You know, you know, I I made a note here for this episode that, you know, Nora is revealed, you know, her true self is revealed here. I think that, um, you know, the the struggle between her and Kevin, I mean, it, it was a form of love and companionship that I think allowed them to get through a lot of their struggles. But I think you sort of see that. It, the relationship is sort of being defeated by their own personal struggles and it can't really last anymore. And just the burning of the book and just Matt, um, Kevin leaving and her sort of just staying in the burning room, I think is a, is a good sort of visual, of just sort of the burning down of their relationship, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, so it, it's, it's a really powerful episode. It just visually, you know, I mean, and, and just, um, just emotionally, the dialogue, just everything that was going on. I mean, I mean, for Kevin, I mean, he still doesn't know if he's, um, he, he's immortal. He's sane. If he's going crazy, um, like you said, you know, he's he's suffocating himself so he can just feel something besides what he's feeling. You know, I mean, the man is still not in a good place. And Nora, I think, just <laughs> no. episode by episode is, is falling apart too as she's coming to terms. She's having a real crisis of conflict herself. You know, so I think in this episode we see both of them at maybe their lowest moments. You know. Kevin with his sort of yeah. personal battles with his just yep. his just his his mental struggles and then you know his hallucinations and what that really means um, for him and then just um, Nora just trying to come to terms with the fact that she may have some difficult choices awaiting her on her journey to be back with her family which it seems like it's starting to eclipse everything else for her and consume her so it's just a really powerful episode for me. You you definitely understand why she'd want to push him away too while she's going, right. uh, you know, while she's going to go on this journey, right. as well. But um, you're right. The visuals of like the burning book in the room. It's I mean, there's kind of like an explosion going on in that room as we as and we find this out just soon after. There's a big explosion that happens in the world uh, yeah. right outside their window at that time, but. Their um their breakdown their argument was really really in, intense. It's one of those times where, you know, sometimes there's those arguments between people where you just think of like the meanest, most honest thing you can say to somebody. Right. And that's what they're doing. They're they exactly. really they the walls are down. And he, you know, one thing that really struck me is when he's telling her, you know, he wants to have a baby, and he tells her he's like, you 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 know, I don't you don't you didn't want to have this baby with me because 
then nobody would pity you anymore. And I was yeah. just like, damn. It's, 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 um, it's tough stuff to watch. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough stuff. Right. Um, notable in, in, you know, we, the music of this season just really, it just, it's mind blowing. Wonderful choices, smart choices. The, uh, the take uh, on me, um, the aha song, the, yep. there's a piano version that beautiful. Um, when she's, when she's meeting with the company, they're playing it. There's an all horn version at one point. And at the end, when he's reunited with his, um, father they, they actually play the the real version which i want to point out um but that explosion that happened outside their room while there was an explosion in their life's happening um is something we find out how it happened in the beginning of episode five which is it's a matte 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 world which <laughs> an allude to the tears for fear song obviously but um that opening scene to um episode five is so so dope it's uh it, it reminded me of like a, a few of the lost openings, but you know, we're taken inside the submarine where the guy is setting off um, a nuclear device. And it just, it was, it's such, it's so unique. You're out of the world of, you know, the Nora and, and Kevin's world into this different, you know, you know, the guy running down the hall naked, you know, doing stretching so he can do the two keys at once. It was just, it was such a crazy start to that episode. Oh, definitely. I mean, it, we get, we get a little, uh, reprieve from the Garveys um, and, and their struggles, and we get to sort of see on a micro level what somebody else is going through and their own personal yeah. struggle and their own personal journey. And you know, unfortunately, this this individual has access to nuclear launch keys and is, is in a nuclear submarine that um, you know ends up uh, through the um, um, his ability to stretch his his foot and his toes and his hands. <laughs> it's so cool to watch. The, yeah, they did the a diameter good job. of a submarine launch room to turn two keys simultaneously just shows sort of the dedication and resolve he has to sort of um, you know pursue his own personal. Um, you know, he, he believed there was a there was a, a, a monster that was going to come out from the sea or something like that. We find that out later, mm-hmm. which is just it's wild to see all these crazy things that our people are, are believing in this post-departure world just because, I mean, it, and it all, all makes a lot of sense. So in this episode, it's another, it's a mad episode. And as, as we've discussed here, uh, mad episodes are incredibly stressful, right? And this Very is, we, stressful. we've had one, we've had one each season and this true to form, this one was too, you know, one is all you know, jumping. <laughs> What is all well, I can only deal with one, with one mad episode uh, a season. I mean, you know, he ends up jumping off the boat. He's arguing with this um, with this guy who thinks he's God. It's it's just you know, they, but he's on a journey to Australia here to find um, Matt, and, and he wants to he wants to get. Him, I mean, to find Kevin. Excuse me. To, he wants to find Kevin and bring him back to Jordan to make sure that he's safe. Um, you know, when this when the anniversary hits um one thing i loved was um they're on the plane and 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 Lori's kind of you know she's kind of the most grounded person i would say in in the in the in the entire series as as it turns out which is wild thinking of you know her journey and we're going to talk about that in episode six a lot but um she she she's kind of mocking um uh, Matt at one point on the plane is they going to see him it, uh, about him believing that Kevin is Messiah. She's she's like she's like, <laughs> you know, he, uh, he you know, Kevin has to go through all of our cupboards before he finds the wine glasses every time he has. He has a tattoo that's misspelled and he shits four times a day. She's like, what are you talking about? How could this guy be the Messiah? But, you know, that's that's something Matt really believes. And in this episode, um you know, this crazy episode, it ends with a lion killing, killing that guy who is God. I mean, this is, this is Matt's struggle and his journey to, to, you know, chase what he believes. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I think people tend to put the idea of a Messiah up on a pedestal and they romanticize it, you know, I mean, in the Bible, Jesus was the son of a carpenter, you know? So, I mean, you know, a simple man from a simple background. So, you know, you know, in that way, Lori's description of Matt, I think, I mean, of Kevin as the Messiah is very apt, you know, I mean, he's, he's got (laughs) flaws. He takes, you know, he takes four shits a day. I mean, like, why wouldn't the Messiah do that? I mean, you know, he's got to move his bowels too. So, you know, I I think that, um, you know, I I think uh, if anything, she does a good job illustrating the reason why maybe he is the Messiah, you know, Um, he doesn't have to be coming to you in glowing robes and, you know, floating inch off the ground, you know, he could just be an average person, man or woman, you know, um, but yeah, this is another, like we said, powerful, powerful Matt 
episode. And they're always tough to watch because you just see Matt again, just being raked across the coals for his convictions, you know, and you always yeah. see, you always, when, when they're so passionate, yeah, he's so passionate. When you get Matt episodes, you always see him at his pious best, him trying so hard to do the right thing, no matter what he, he's swimming against the, the current and the current is strong. And he's trying to steer the boat in the other direction when it doesn't want to go, when the rudder's broken, they can't even go that way. I mean, Matt is just always the man who rubs against the grain, you know, I mean, Matt, Matt meets God in this episode and he try and God says, what have you done for me? And then Matt tries to get God arrested, you know, because he says he killed a man. And, and there's this whole, like, indulgent sex cult thing going on in the background. Yeah. And he's shouting about something completely contrary to that and asking people to look at him. And they want nothing to do with him. But he doesn't give up and he perseveres and he suffers and he gets, you know, um, you know, figuratively put, put up on the cross for his convictions, you know. So it's a really it, it's a tough episode to watch, but it, it, it's it's. It's just nice to see a character with such strong conviction see him through to the end. But the, the the thing is, and absolutely, but the thing is, is, and we find this out later in a scene that it's one of my favorites, and I'll talk about in episode eight, but it, it actually his convictions and his passions, they're actually all breaking down here. He's, he's, he ends up, he ends up, you know, being unsure about what he believes in, which is a wild and really fascinating story arc. It's kind of the opposite of John where he, you know, didn't believe and started believing, you know, he, 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 this is like the breakdown of, of everything. Cause that God that he was arguing with did tell him, he's like, you know, you thought I was judging you. Everything you did was because you thought I was watching. He's like, but I wasn't watching. You were actually doing all this for yourself right. and for your own reasons. And that really made him think. And, and that kind of comes home to roost. Yeah. And, um, in a later episode, which I, I'm so excited to talk about that point. But yeah, it, it's Lori is, is like I mentioned, she's, she is this kind of voice of reason in this wild world. And, 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 and episode six, uh, which is uh, entitled certified, it's a Lori episode. And this is one of my favorite. This is one of the most emotionally gripping hours of television I've ever come upon. Um, it opens with, um, uh, a suicide, suicide attempt by her. This is a flashback where she, you know, after she loses her baby, which she ends up telling Kevin about in this episode in a real emotional scene. Um, and right after the departure, she wants to kill herself. And so she takes a bunch of pills and then kind of has this, you know, come to moment. And that's when she, she, you know, decides to join the guilty remnant. So that was really cool that they took us back there to that moment. Um, and the credits, the song credits for this one uh, was Mosh It Up by KRS-One, where it's got that line, it's suicide, it's suicide. And, you know, because that, that it starts, the episode starts with her suicide attempt and ends with her real suicide. It's the, the uh, really thoughtful way where she she purposefully takes herself out in an emotionally emotionally charged moment this this one really got me man yeah this episode i like it for several reasons one we get more Lori backstory and we get to understand a little bit more about what her motivations were to join uh the guilty revenant and what would what, what yeah, it, it we had to know yeah, we had to know what it shows to me is that she's not strong enough and her beliefs and her convictions to actually kill herself, you know? We get back to this whole, like, mm -hmm. people's faith and beliefs, you know? Her faith and her ability to actually end her life is not as strong as she wants it to be. So all she has, her fallback option is a guilty remnant, you know? So that yeah. to her is, um, you know, a, a life less lived, but, you know, it, it's she'd rather do that than face her fears and actually end her life. So that, that, that really gave me a lot more insight into Lori. And, you know, at the beginning of the show, I really didn't care for her character at all. Cause I thought she was really selfish, you know, and yeah, but, I agree, you know, <laughs> totally. um, but you know, yep. that's, that's what great television is as you learn more about and a this, character. It, yeah, it, absolutely. That is what great tell. And this is, I agree with you. She was super, super selfish. I thought, and in this episode, she's completely selfless. She's yes. helping Nora with, with her goals. She's helping Kevin. She's helping everybody. And she's even finding a way to like thoughtfully say goodbye to everyone. I'm, I'm, I'll be honest. I was weeping like a baby when she said, uh, goodbye to Nora. And oh, they definitely. did the whole, uh, same, same time next week. It really, really got me. I just, she, she was, she turned out to be the rock 
for this weird, unique family that is the the Garveys and the Murphys and this whole grouping that is a family. Um, you know, I like how this uh, the leftovers is not afraid to kind of hit something right on the nose. And I mean, in this episode, we did have like a a literal Last Supper, which 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 was really right. really really fun. But um, yeah, and that's where she um, she drugged the whole uh, the whole gang, um, which which was again uh, funny as well. But that. That episode just it was it was it one of between that and the last episode episode eight I think they were two of the most emotionally charged hours of television I've ever experienced. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, uh, episode six is is really up there with me. It's super powerful. Um, yep. And you, you get more Nora's story too, which, which I, I really enjoy. You know, I mean, you know, she failed the test at the beginning. You know, a couple episodes ago, where they asked if she would, uh, if if the cure for cancer meant a child had to die and she answered yes to the people who had the machine and then they they said that she wouldn't go like glad you brought that up yeah you know she in this episode now she's still now she's stalking the people who own the machine because she she has made up her mind that she wants to do this um and uh you know so she you know it's more it's this episode is a lot of nora sort of stealing her nerve and setting her resolve to actually go through with this and get over her fears and because she wants to be with her family so bad and there's a great line in there from Lori, you know just to paraphrase her you know where they're in the truck parked in front of the um in front of the people who own the machines uh the couples in front of their house and Lori's like nora you know uh you should go there and just uh investigate them and call them out and report them because a machine can't take away your pain, you know? So, so, you know, like, uh, so in a lot of ways, I, I see Lori drifting through this episode and the successive episodes going forward where she's trying to bring people together, you know, and like, she has this new role here, you know, like trying to help these individuals on their journey, you know, I, I sort of, it's very redeeming for Lori. And I, I think it's sort of like a, um, a siren song for her. Cause we sort of, I, th- I think towards the end of the episode, um, we're watching uh, Lori finally, um, you know, contemplate maybe the, her final suicide, you know, when she goes scuba diving yeah. and stuff like that, you know. So, you know, there is sort of a it opens with Lori attempting suicide and you're left to suggest that, you know, when Lori goes scuba diving at the end of the episode, she's actually following through with it, you know, by she talks yeah. on the phone with her kids. They seem to be happy. She has a nice conversation. She tells so them she loves them and then she disappears into the water, you know. So so there's a, there's a nice you know, uh, thread of Lori sort of, I think in some ways wrapping up her life in this episode, which is really nice, you know, we're, we're yeah. also helping, but, but it's not, which is funny I know, too. Which is great. It's not, yeah, it's as, not. We, as we find out later. Right, exactly. I mean, and that's why the show's that so moment and you're like, yeah. she's gone. That's why the show's so find good. Out you know? Yeah. Um, but Absolutely. yeah, you see, but you see Lori sort of in this new role and, you know, and also, you know, you have, um, uh, you know, um, Kevin starting to, you know, trying to drown himself again and all these people around him wanting him to like send messages to the dead and come back with answers yeah. and sort of Kevin taking on this new role as sort of the speaker for the dead, you know? And so it's just a lot, a lot of Absolutely. really powerful stuff going He's, on here. Well, it, it, and that walks us right into episode seven, the most powerful man in the world and his identical twin, twin brother. And so this is basically, um, international assassin part two, part essentially, Deuce, yeah. but, but, but like, but like you were just saying right now, they were giving him messages. And because now uh, Kevin's owning who he is and what he's capable of, and now he's able to kind of, you know, go into this world. That's what's unique here is, is Kevin is not surprised in the first uh, international assassin. He's surprised about what, what world he's going to. In this one, he knows he can enter this world and come back. And that's such a game changer. And also in this one, the stakes are much higher, um, meaning that it's not just his sanity at risk here, but the, uh, the possible you know, drowning or ending of the entire world. So when he goes in there, he's, he's, on, a, he's on like a much, much higher um, uh, mission this time. And it just it's, it's it, what a cool uh, episode. It's, it's, I love that they revisited this, this world, this, this purgatory world or whatever it is, and, and, and you know, kind of brought us into this, uh, you know, that, that play space again. It was so cool. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a powerful episode. You know, we have the theme of water again, sort of showing up here, you know, it, it's mm. a, it's a, it's a, you know, uh, it's a current through this season, you know, um, but, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it starts, you know, the range beginning in Australia, you know, Kevin is drowned, you know, and he goes into this realm of the undead and he's, he's an assassin again. Um, but yeah. you know, who's he have to assassinate the president? Who's the president? 
His twin, his himself, his twin brother, you know, himself, his twin brother, himself, you know, also the uh, the the head of the guilty remnant too. And and, and, you know, we we get Patty showing up again as his. um, She's the uh, defense secretary of defense. You know, love Mm -hmm. me some Patty. She's fantastic, power, great actress. You know, it's and that's what having um, Ann Dowd and Liv Tyler come back is. There's just they were really they were bringing this the whole thing home. It was you know they. They knew when they when they set out for the season that this was the final. Se- I like I love that when when you know they're going into it, they know purposefully like they're winding it down um, instead of kind of being left uh, you know with with maybe there could be another season. They 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 knew they were culminating this whole thing, and you can see it. And they were bringing you know a lot of callbacks and bringing bringing people you know together. But the episode kind of ended with him kind of coming out of it, and he did. You know, have some messages to bring back, but there's a moment right at the end where Kevin Senior looks at um, Kevin Junior, and he's like, "So now what?" And I, th- I that got me thinking uh, about a lot. And in and one of those things was imagining the pressure of being this like kind of messiah like um, figure, this this kind of directionless savior. Um, you know, like he he doesn't you know he didn't ask for this, and he's got this power, and that you know people are kind of looking at him at this point, like so so what's next? What what do we do here? And it's, he's you know what is what is what does Kevin really know about what's happening? You know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, a, a lot of a lot of this season where these is all about these characters sort of convincing self in their own minds that they are playing a role in something and they, when they get together, they sort of collectively convince yourself that it's real, you know? And then when you, Mm -hmm. when, when Kevin, you know, comes back from the, from the, from the dead, you know, and like where he's up there on the roof with his father and they go, now what? I mean, like the prophecies seem to be false, you know? And and then it, it brings you right back to the first episode um, the first opening scene of the third yes. season where you have Absolutely. this false prophet. And, you know, there was no, they sort of showed you a little bit. Now what you just, you just move on with your life and sort of, but you know, the stakes aren't the same and the leftovers with, with the Garveys, you know, like when you say what, what now, what it's not as easy as just going back to living your life because there are actually some nope. things going on here that um, yep. need to be addressed, you know? And w- one thing that really um, caught my attention in this episode was, um, you know, Kevin learns when he, um, you know, after he, he drowns and he goes to the, the other the other realm, you know, um, you know, he discovers that by looking into any reflective surface, he can switch between the two versions of himself, you know, two um, selves, yeah. which is really cool. And, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm a really big fan of Kurt Vonnegut. I know you are, too. Um, big mm. fan of Breakfast of Champions, you know, and it, it, there, there's a really interesting plot device that Vonnegut uses in um, Breakfast of Champions, where he uses he uses mirrors and he calls mirrors uh, they're called leaks, L E A K S. So and basically, mm-hmm. you know what they do in uh, Breakfast of Champions is they represent a portal to another universe. And so you know, like they, they allow you to sort of jo- go into a different reality, a different perspective. And, and mm-hmm. I, I re- it really got me thinking. I wonder if the, sort of the writers took a page from Breakfast of Champions. Um, you know, because there's this really good quote um, good where call. Elliot Rosewater um, is in this cocktail lounge and, uh, um, you know, uh, Vonnegut is basically writing out his Elliot's internal monologue and he's saying, uh, uh, they're in the cocktail lounge peering out through my leaks at a world of my own invention. I mouth this word, schizophrenia. You know, and so, you know, when, 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 I, when I think about Kevin's character and what's going on with him and the breakdown and thought that he's having mm-hmm. and he's on that roof and they're like, now what? You know, when you think about schizophrenia, you think about you have a breakdown in thought, emotion and behavior, you know, and, you know, well, maybe this all wasn't really real and maybe Kevin just has an undiagnosed mental problem and everybody else yeah. got caught up in it. And, you know, um, you know, so it's just really interesting. You know, it's just a little something for me, you know, when I when I see no, something, I, I get that. my mind going and stuff. But, um, you know, yep. if there's yep. a little, you know, Easter egg, little crumb about, you know, a nod to Breakfast of Champions there. I'm not sure, but I thought it was pretty cool and some really cool. No, that makes sense. That's a, um, that, that's, a, that's a perfect comparison. I love that you brought that up. Um, speaking to we talked about the humor a little bit. There was a there's a moment in the episode where he needs to get a penis scan, scan <laughs> right, exactly. in order to get in. And there's right. actually I don't know if you know this, but like uh, Justin throws uh, penis size is, is pretty legendary uh, in the world. And so they were actually making a joke to that, um, which which I thought is funny. I love, again, the way they hit something so right on the nose, which is great. But when it comes to this episode, the truth is, and comes to this series, is is you're never going to figure out everything entirely. And, and, and 
you know, there's, it's, I, that, I think that's so missing the point when you're trying to. There's a lot of symbolism, but c- because, like, you can kind of, you know, the, the, the moments in Leftovers that get me are the ones that leave me thinking. And so it's kind of the space between or, or, or the gaps left that, that allow us to think and, and allow us to kind of, you know, take our own, um, you know, ideas from it. I, th- I think that's what it's all about. And, 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 you know, this one is it's very ambiguous. You know, w- once it ends, there's, you know, again, we're left with that moment. Now what? There's there isn't massive takeaways from it but it's just it's it's part of the journey and there's 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 a lot to think about and just i just think that's really what this series can be all about uh let's let's dive right in right now to what i believe one is one of the best episodes of television ever it's episode eight this is what closes it down this is the book of nora and so they use the uh classic intro song of 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 season two which is really cool over the new intro which is which is just I love what they did with the with the credits this year. It was amazing. But um this was such a deep, emotionally packed episode. Um it, it's I just the my favorite moment I think of the whole series is when Nora and Matt are saying their goodbyes. And it it turns out it is really their goodbye because you know uh, Nora does end up coming back. And I do want to speak a little bit about the science for of uh, all that stuff, but um uh but Matt did end up dying. And, um, you know, he, he, he's talking about, they, they talk about when she was a kid and he thought she was just the bravest girl in the world. I actually use, I've used that, um, my, my daughter's whole life. I've, I've called her, uh, the bravest girl in the world. And I believe that too. Cause you know, I always, you know, when I send her out to school and in the world, I just, uh, the bravery it takes a little kid to, to get out there in this big wide world. I just believe, I do believe she's the bravest girl in the, uh, on earth, but I, but I, it's also in my head. I know where I got it. Uh, it's from the leftovers, but there's a scene where she's, um, we, we talked about it a little bit earlier and, and where Matt breaks down and, and he talks about how, you know, he, he, how does he go back? I'm wait, I'm going to just play that, uh, scene real quick. I'm scared. I'll be fine. you will you always are i'm scared of what'll happen when i go back to mary i'm scared of the chemicals they're gonna put in my body to try and make me better i'm scared it won't work i'm scared of dying nora i'm scared my son will grow up without me forget my face forget the sound of my voice but most of all I'm scared that I'll survive because if I do how can I ever stand in front of a room full of people and convince them that I have the answers when I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about do you want to come with me instead I think, dear sister, that defeats the purpose. What are you going to tell people about me? About what happened here? Whatever you want me to. That just that just kills me. That so in that scene, you you you, you can hear him saying like, I you know how do I go back to a room full of people and say I I have I don't I have answers because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. And again, that story arc we talked about, how um you know Matt came to the conclusion that he's like the rest of us and he just doesn't know. Yeah. So 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 insane. I mean, it's powerful once you sort of. Uh, strip back all the layers of this of these people's personality, and you strip away everything they thought they believed about everything, and you see that they're just yep. normal like everybody else. I mean, you know, this episode does a good job of going from the um, the previous episode 
uh, episode five, it's a Matt, Matt, Matt world where, you know, at the end, you know, Matt meets God and God says, well, what have you done for me? I haven't even really even noticed you. You know, Matt gets taken down a few pegs, you know, and maybe realize he, he isn't that important. And then, you know, he reveals he has cancer. He's dying of cancer. So, you know, there isn't really a, a, a special role for him. And then, you know, on episode eight, you know, like he's, he's just he's just a brother saying goodbye to his sister, somebody he cares very yep. much about. And realizing that this probably will be the last time they see each other, you know. So, so you know, Matt's character arch from the beginning of the show to now, he, he he's somebody who, you know, um, at the beginning he, he was very much um, down on his luck. He thought he found a purpose for his life. He pursued it as far as he could, and then he realized that it wasn't actually what his purpose was. And I think his real purpose was just to be there for Nora. You know, as just a, a yep. brother who cares for his sister and just to have someone to be there for her as she, like you said, puts on her bravest face and, you know, basically does something that's incredibly scary, which is basically possibly end her life and the pursuit of a chance to be with her family again. You know, I mean, I can't imagine yeah. anything is- more braver you know, than that. No doubt. Yeah, no. And we've talked about uh, a theme, especially it came came to roost at the end of season two about maybe not family, but the relationships that that are there for us. And that's a big thing about this. And like you said, his purpose at, uh, ultimately came to just being there for, you know, his 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 sister in that moment. And I mean, what's more powerful than that? I mean, you know, in what could be her her final moments on Earth, like he's just there for you. And that's that's like the biggest gift you can give anyone um i did want to ask you i know you're a big science guy but like the science of what nora was going into i I love the idea that they found a way to send you out um to this place where they kind of got the signatures of whatever happened during the departure and they 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 sent her out and what she basically landed in the upside down where 98 percent of the population departed instead of two percent which was a cool cool idea like they really i love that they really took the time to kind of explain maybe somewhat of what happened i mean we don't know why or how or anything but i i I love that they brought us in that world what do you think about that whole thing yeah i mean it's it's for me it's 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 fantastic world building stuff i want more of you know it's it's unfortunate that we only get to see a tiny little you know flicker of it because it, you know in my mind i i want to i want to fully explore that world you know and, and leave every single corner um you know no corner um unexplored you know to me the, the the technology is fascinating i mean the idea that they were able to sort of capture an echo of what actually departure looked like when people left and then replicate it. And then that's basically what they've been doing. They've been sending all these people through this machine to this place using the signature that they were able to capture from when people departed. So, I mean, it's a big leap of faith kind of thing, a kind of blind faith kind of choice you make. Um, Mm -hmm. It it, it seems to be based in science, which kind of sort of maybe adds some legitimacy to it. But, you know, no one knows. I mean, basically, you have to be brave. There's no one coming back and saying, um, you know, oh, it worked, you know, except for what we realized. Actually, Nora did come back, you know. But um, what it really sets up for me is just a a wonderful new world that I wish that we could have explored more, sort of this anti-departure uh, reality where 98% left and 2% stayed, you know? So it's almost yeah. like, you know, I would have loved to walk through that world. with uh, her. Yeah. That would have been so cool to see. She, she described it as being like really, really sparse and just like, you know, cause there's way less people yeah. there. Obviously I would have loved to see 50 that. 50 million people on an entire planet. I mean, that's like nothing, you know? So, I mean, um, you know, it's half the, half the population of the U S covering the entire world. So yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's a, mo- a lot smaller world and as a lot less people you encounter. I'm sure it's probably a very lonely place but it's probably a yep. place that has a lot of different connections you know um but what is uh but what is lonely yeah I mean, exactly yeah and that's i mean because they, they we just talked about um nora and matt having the moment i mean she walked in and what she said when she went and saw her old family and they i guess he found a a new wife is that um she said uh, in a world full of orphans they still had each other right and so Powerful. i mean and whatever you define define your relationships in this world, if you have them, I, I guess the, the idea and something that like really this, this series brings home is it, it's, it's do not take those in your life for granted. I mean, if you have someone in your life, that's so special, no matter who it is. And, you know, and, and, and ultimately this, 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 um, you know, she ends up coming back, which is so cool. She, she went and found the guy who made, uh, made, made the whole device, 
And we got to kind of reunite And Nora and Kevin's relationship Which, which was so special to us It took, um, you know, took center stage As, as, as the, this season culminated The series culminated And it was, I love that he was like He's like, yeah, I'm still holding a candle for you right. He's like, people, people hold candles, Nora right. You know, people have that sort of passion But it was wild to see them together It was, it was heartbreaking It was beautiful And, you know I just, you know, you talked about the science and there was science there and everything. But I mean, it's 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 this show, this whole leftovers thing. It was so powerful and emotional and it was about humans and obsessing over any of the details is 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 I believe dumb. It's just it's it would be ridiculous when you can take so much of this, you know, this this emotional a family idea or relationships idea. It's and just just let it all wash over. Oh, definitely. Just give over. Yeah. Just give over to it. And and it's just what a show and what a way to conclude it. Episode eight was absolutely brilliant. I just I just I loved everything about it. And it's just it was the perfect ending to what turned out to be a perfect series. Oh, definitely. I mean, the the themes present here are just uh, just powerful things. I mean, Nora was convinced that her family were lost without her. And then through great personal sacrifice, you know, mental and physical, she found them again in this alternate reality. And she found that they didn't need her. They made their own happiness and they moved on. And that gave her peace, you know, and it's what allowed her to come back, you know, because she realized that there wasn't a place for her in this new world they created in this new reality. And so she came back to the reality that she knew um, and where, Mm -hmm. where, where she felt she belonged, you know. And so it's really powerful stuff. And then just even like just, you know, touching a little bit on, you know, episode seven, you know, there was a really powerful moment there where, uh, you know, um, the two Kevins, you know, right at the end of the scene, you know, right, right, right before um, the, the episode ends, they're just speaking about their regret and how they handled Nora, you know, and, yeah. and then yeah. coming back into, into episode eight, you see um, Kevin is on this journey in his later years, just trying to make amends for how he treated her and just, you know, on his vacation time every year, he goes to Australia and he's just looking for her and you know, it's taking him years and years and years. And he finally finds her. And all he wants to do is just like, you know, Nora has her closure with his family, Matt, you know, Kevin feels really bad about the way he treated her because he was in a lot of ways. He was lost and unsure and he was hurt and he didn't know what to feel. And, you know, he kind of got his closure by realizing that he wasn't the savior and there was no apocalypse, you know, and maybe he wasn't immortal and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, you know, and maybe he just needed to get Mm -hmm. help and maybe they just needed some time to heal and then find each other later on in life. And so, you know, they're, they're on these personal journeys and they're, I think they're finally at a place right now where they both can be there for each other. They've learned a lot about themselves and I think they moved on from all their personal hurt and all of that is kind of gone and they're actually able to actually have a healthy relationship. And it's just really beautiful seeing them come together and you don't really care about anything else, man. It just becomes a love story about two people who kept trying (laughs) to come together and couldn't, I mean, really extreme reasons why they couldn't like really intense. But at the end of the day, it's just two people who are lost and trying to come together and they finally do. And it's just beautiful at the end, you know, it really is. It's so, Um, so gorgeous. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that it's stripped down to just, you know, after all this big world building and this whole departure and everything, I love that they strip it down to just this, these two people who so many forces have kind of, you know, made it hard for them to be together. And then they're together. They just, it's really yeah, something. Just, I mean, yeah, yeah. A lot of people talk about the um, conclusion to Six Feet Under, and they should. It's it's magnificent. It's it's jaw droppingly good. But I think this leftovers um, conclusion is right up there with it. I think it's a triumph. It's 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 awesome. But Chris, we did it. We 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 discussed at, you know as in depth as we could in the, through this. Uh, podcast medium uh each and every episode of this series that was uh that was something else oh definitely yeah i mean this this is an impressive work of art this this television show i mean it's one one of the best shows ever made 2010 i think it was at the top of the list for like you know one of the best the best shows out there um when it came out um you know you've got raw emotion love tears hurt joy misery 
all against the backdrop oh. of a society struggling to hold on to a sense of normalcy. It's powerful television. Mm-hmm. It's gripping. It's emotional. And at the end of the day, it's beautiful. And I, I'm, I really love breaking down these episodes with you, man. It was great doing some deep dives and sort of sharing our yep. experiences with it. Um, and, you know, um, I'm so glad to revisit it. And I, I know I'm going to do it again, um, especially no this third season. I'm just right when I finished, I'm like, I want to again more. It's just, it's that gorgeous. So, Chris, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Mike. Great to be here. And uh, thank you, everyone out there. I really appreciate you guys uh, spending time with us. Um, Thanks for joining the party.